The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. We need to understand what we are staring down in this country. If Donald Trump is elected president of the United States, we do not know if there will be a verifiable next election that has integrity. He already tried to, uh, we saw on January 6th, he tried to overturn the results of a presidential election by force, by inciting a riot. And I, you know, I think we need to be very, very realistic about the grave, grave impacts of a Donald Trump election. It is not a joke. It is not a game. We need to protect our democracy. And ideally, it's going to be on progressive values. Brand new details about how Obama's CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax. For years, we were told that tips from an Australian diplomat tipped off the FBI after a random conversation with Papadopoulos a no-name 20-something? But according to new reporting by Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, the whole thing was a CIA setup. Former CIA director John Brennan identified 26 Trump associates to be targeted by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance, and then those interactions were the targets and were targeted by the FBI as suspicious. And that's how the FBI launched the Russia collusion hoax. The details of this entire operation have been stored in a top secret binder in a secret room in Washington. Trump ordered the whole thing declassified. And now the rumor is that the binder might be missing. The real insurrectionists are being exposed. Pretty uh, explosive report last night with uh, with Jesse Waters and more. I'm sure more is going to be revealed in the weeks and months ahead. 2024, the war in 24. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show every weekday morning at 11.05 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. Just go to trumpetdaily.com or you can go to the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily and and join our growing audience. Of course, both websites uh, post these shows after the fact as well, should you choose to listen on demand. So what what are we to make of this uh, this black binder that shows it wasn't it wasn't Obama's CIA and DOJ responding to we know the whole Trump-Russia collusion story. We know it's a hoax. It's been thoroughly debunked. But if these intel agents can't hide behind the fact that, well, hey, we were just, we got the source and we had to follow up on it, whether it's Chris Steele or otherwise, I mean, we needed to investigate it, right? And now we're coming to find out that the investigators were targeting Trump associates. 26 Trump associates and using using America's allies abroad to help create this hoax. It's one thing 
I mean, people, there were a few conservative commentators that speculated in 2022 when the feds went in and raided Mar-a-Lago that they weren't really, they weren't really concerned about the classified napkins. They were actually going after the crossfire hurricane documents. You know, the ones that exposes, the ones that expose Obama, the dear leader. And guys like Brennan, as Jesse mentioned there. Here these, the regime, they go on and on about the threat that Donald Trump supposedly poses to democracy. And yet here we are living in an authoritarian state, basically, where the CIA just targets the political opposition. Donald Trump and all things Trump. I mean, it's one thing if a few conservative commentators say they, they were really after this, or this might, Jesse Waters, of course, he's fairly conservative. But the two guys he mentioned, the journalists looking into this, Taibbi and Schellenberger, these are pretty much, they're lefties. They're just, they're honest Democrats who are exposing just unbelievable abuses of power at the very top level of America's government. Listen to Schellenberger as he discusses what you heard there in the cold open with Jesse Waters, clip two. These are people that are close to the House intelligence investigation of how the Russia collusion hoax began. The story, as you mentioned, was that, oh, we were just informed by foreign intelligence about this. Our sources tell us a very different story, which is that This was initiated by the U.S. government. It came from within the U.S. government's intelligence community, including the CIA, that they asked the so-called Five Eyes Nations intelligence agencies, that's the other English-speaking nations, including Britain and Australia, to spy on 26 Trump associates, or at least they had a list of the 26 associates that were identified. This is new information. Some people have theorized about this and speculated about it. Uh, We feel very confident that our sources were in a position to know and are very credible in this report. It's obviously a very serious allegation because this is illegal spying and it's illegal election interference. Isn't it amazing? It was Donald Trump, remember? He said back in March of 2017, I just found out that Obama's people were spying on me before I was inaugurated. Trump Towers, they were spying on me. They were tapping into my phones. And when he said that, Joe Scarborough and company, their heads just exploded. And now look at where we are. Seven, eight years down the road. (laughs) If Donald Trump has the binder or a copy of it, I guess we'll find out soon enough. We don't want to (laughs) just, we don't want to use the whole show for speculation. But these guys, their sources, this is what's amazing to me as well. Their sources are close to the House Intel Committee that knows how that this all started. They know it was the CIA who targeted, who interfered with the election. Forget about harvesting ballots like they did in New York last night, by the way, in the lead up to that special election. How ridiculous and stupid is it for Republicans to say goodbye to one of their seats because the, the individual, he happens, to be a Repu- he happens to be an individual in Congress who's dishonest. But knowing the way Republicans were, they're only going to get rid of one of their own. 
And they'll think nothing of all these Democrats. In some cases, I mean, how many House Republicans know that the CIA targeted Trump associates and that they used the five eyes to create this hoax, making it like it's some international intrigue, this spy network that Donald Trump was in cahoots with Vladimir Putin. We now know, I mean, the Steele dossier, a lie. It was election interference. It was bought and paid for by the Hillary Clinton camp. And they got all these individuals in Australia, in the UK, involved in trying to destroy Donald Trump, to destroy his presidency before it could even get started. You know, we make the point, by the way, how that the Mueller investigation, it was to persecute and go after Trump on the one hand, but it was also intended to cover up their crimes, to cover up the deep state's criminal activity. Not, not very many people have made that point. Uh, Sundance has, and we quote him a fair bit in America Under Attack. But you just wonder, we've, we've talked about how is this year going to play out politically? There's already some in the establishment that are prepared to throw Joe Biden, the fake president, under the bus. He, like I played for you on Monday, he appears to be in it for the long haul. But how much of what these people, headed up by the dear leader, how much of what these people are doing at this moment is still about covering, desperately covering their own tracks? They don't want to be exposed. I've said to you so many times before, this is what Satan the devil fears the most. Having all of his crimes just exposed under, under the furious light of day. Everybody's to see it for themselves. Yeah, John Brennan, he actually is a communist. That's why he voted communist in 1976. Here he is, triggering the investigation into Trump. Not even an investigation. Triggering the hoax to try to destroy the man. This is from uh, PJ Media back in 2022. This was soon after the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Anonymous intelligence officials have told Newsweek they know exactly what the FBI was after. Documents related to the Russia collusion hoax, also known as Operation Crossfire Hurricane. So that particular angle to this story, to the latest revelations by Schellenberger and Taibbi, I mean, there were those that, well, they, Newsweek knew that that's, that was the real purpose of that eight-hour raid on Mar-a-Lago. Trump was particularly interested in matters related to the Russia hoax and the wrongdoings of the deep state, one official told Newsweek. I think he felt, and I agree, that these are facts that the American people need to know. The facts in that binder. Americans need to know this. It says here, the sought-after documents deal with a variety of intelligence matters of interest to the former president, the officials suggest, including material that Trump apparently thought would exonerate him of any claims of Russia collusion in 2016 or any other election-related charges, Newsweek reported. This is PJ Media quoting Newsweek from August of 2022. PJ Media says this is particularly interesting for two reasons. First, we know that Trump had declassified crossfire hurricane documents before leaving office. He declassified them. 
It says here, the Trump-Russia collusion claims have long been debunked. So why exactly were these documents, which Trump had declassified already, of such interest to the FBI that they conducted an unprecedented raid on Trump's home? What, why did they need these documents if Trump had declassified them? Because they exposed the dear leader and all of his henchmen, Brennan, Clapper, Comey. Says that brings us to the second reason why this leak is so interesting. This week we learned that the FBI unit responsible for the raid, the Mar-a-Lago raid, is the same unit responsible for the Trump-Russia collusion hoax investigation. They're trying to, on this, the, the classified documents, the boxes, you know, they're now using this to try to put Trump in jail, in prison. And here, this is what it was about from the beginning. It was meant to cover their tracks and go after Trump. Just like we discuss in America Under Attack, in particular with the Mueller, the so-called Mueller investigation. It was intended to go after Trump and to cover their tracks. It says here, finally, does this mean the raid itself was an attempt by the FBI to cover up its culpability in the Trump-Russia hoax with the added bonus of making Trump look like he's guilty of a serious crime? That's what it sounds like to me. That's from PJ Media a year and a half ago. Listen to this again from uh, Jesse Waters uh, last night, clip three. What about this binder that encapsulates this whole thing and no one knows where it is right now or Trump has it? What's that? Well, Jesse, we'll have a piece tomorrow that is specifically about the binder. But uh, as a friend of, uh, of the show and of yours on this, I'll say that there has been widespread speculation that this binder was the was the reason or a reason for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. And we'll be discussing that tomorrow. But obviously, if this binder contains what we have been told that it contains, which may include raw intelligence, information showing that the U.S. government, the CIA and the intelligence community of the U.S. government initiated the Russia collusion hoax, that it did not occur in the way that the official story, including the Durham investigation, had portrayed it, then that's extremely serious information. And it may be if the FBI then went to go get it in order to continue the cover up of this information, that obviously adds an even more dramatic wrinkle to this. The deep state. Here again, Trump was right. It is a swamp. It does go deep. And how many people, if, if their sources, these guys, if their sources are close to the House Intel Committee, how many people know and have seen documents that you and I haven't seen, and they're right there in Congress. And then, and then we get all of the, the, these, these dark arts, as we've covered recently on this program, to use the, the terms that uh, Andy McCarthy coined, with respect to the dear leader and his administration, they're, they're pretty practiced in the dark arts within the regime media as well, as they go on and on. Oh, George Santos, he's so horrible, he's evil. And then, and then AOC, if, if Trump gets back in, we may never have a legitimate election again. And, and then look at the lawlessness that's going on right now. The crimes that are being covered up. 
by the FBI, by the Department of Justice, by the CIA. Gateway Pundit, back in August 2022, the brazen raid of President Trump's home in Florida likely has its roots in the Russia collusion story with a particular focus on Peter Strzok and his affiliation with the CIA. Now, that was the Gateway Pundit, a conservative site, a year and a half ago. And now more is coming out. Now we're hearing about the binder. Now we're wondering if the binder is still at Mar-a-Lago or if it's at a secret room someplace in D.C. Listen again to one last bit from Jesse Waters last night, clip four. This is a huge, huge story. I mean, I can't, I've been thinking about it in the history of the United States of America. Have we ever had something like this where the intelligence community was weaponized against a political candidate and weaponized and using our foreign allies to do it? I, I can't think of a more important or dramatic story. He's right. It's never happened before. Certainly not like this. In America Under Attack, this is the book I've held up a couple of times. Call our operators and get a free copy if you don't have one. But my father says here, he's referring to 2 Kings 14 and verse 26 and the bitter affliction that we now see in, uh, that we now see in the United States. The Farrar Fenton translation, it says about that verse, 2 Kings 14, 26, for the ever-living pitied the immeasurable miseries of Israel, both without and within, when there was no ease for Israel, the attack, in other words, it comes from without, it comes from the outside, but it's also happening from within. And this is why we refer so often to the dear leader. The dear leader. I mean, look at the cover of the Washington Examiner. It's got the, it's got the puppet, the fake president, and then, and then the dear leader, Barack Obama. Obama's three-peat. Obama's third term. You just see this all over the place now. The puppet in the White House. If you were reading America Under Attack years ago, you know all about this story. God is exposing this rot, this filth. He's exposing all this corruption. The immeasurable miseries from outside and inside. This is from another article. My father wrote this uh, in April of 2022. This was a few months before the Mar-a-Lago raid, and it was at the Trumpet.com or the Trumpet magazine. What else will the investigations expose, he asked. My father says, our government has undergone an illegal treasonous takeover by leftist radicals, but despite all their power over government and the media, somehow the truth keeps coming out. <laughs> somehow. And the reason, of course, is because God said he would expose it. That's brought out in America Under Attack as well. This is what God's doing. It's, it's refreshing to see. To see all of this evil, finally, in some cases after years being exposed. It says here, we are in a bitterly weak time in our country. Lawmakers, judges, bureaucrats, and others wielding power are shockingly corrupt. Our institutions are crumbling. America's constitutional form of government is almost completely destroyed, and a treasonous, tyrannical, destructive movement is taking place, led by Barack Obama. This was at the Trumpet magazine. 
two years ago. It says here, Brennan and Obama more than likely signed off on this attempt to destroy the presidency of Donald Trump and unconstitutionally seize control of the government through an accusation they knew was false. See, this is where the real insurrection is, AOC. She can, she can practice the dark arts all that she wants. I almost died on January 6th. And then, and then Joe Scarborough, he's happy to report. Oh, yeah, Sick Nick got bashed in the head by a fire extinguisher. All these Trump people carrying all these weapons and, what, six, seven, eight police officers got murdered? Those are some dark arts. That's some will worship right there. And meanwhile, the pipe bomb that supposedly was right outside the Democrat headquarters in D.C. with Kamala Harris in the building. Can't get to the bottom of that crime. Putting a bomb outside the Democrat headquarters in D.C. It says here, the radicals not only got away with it in 2016 and 17 so far, but then they mounted an even more egregious seizure of the government in 2020 and succeeded. Yeah, they rigged the election. They used the CIA to, to rig the election. It says here, America is so afflicted that if God were not intervening, it would already be destroyed. The brazen spirit of the radical leftists isn't just politics or even ideology. It's the spirit of Satan the devil. That's the spirit motivating the moral, cultural, social, institutional, political destruction of this country. This is my father's article two years ago. America is the strongest modern nation that descended from ancient Israel. Satan is destroying it, and God is allowing it because of our sins. He says, finally, but he is giving us this last wonderful opportunity to repent before this nation tragically succumbs to its enemies within and without. That's what uh, 2 Kings 14, 26 says that we're up against. And God in his love and mercy, I mean, he is trying to, he's pleading with our people to wake up. <laughs> he's, he's pleading with our people to come out of sin. That message is going out. This Washington Examiner piece, <laughs> quite the cover, as you just saw there. The puppet in the White House. It says here, he, ran, he quotes Trump at the start of the article. Biden ran two or three times. He never got above 1%. And then Obama came along and took him off the trash heap, and he became the vice president. It says, it's amusing. It's an amusing way to insult the former vice president at the time, perhaps less so after Biden went on to win the Democratic nomination, defeat Trump and become president. Still, the characterization rang true insofar as Barack Obama's choice of Biden as running mate in 2008 struck many people justifiably as an odd choice. Why would the dear leader choose Joe Biden? says, by then, Biden had, for several decades, he had been a loquacious self-promoter whose temper and plagiarism seemed to have blown any shot at the president he ever had. I mean, he's just, we've played the clips for you from back in the early 1990s, the late 80s. 
He's been a liar and a plagiarist from the beginning. But that's exactly the kind of person that the dear leader needed. Because he's pretty skilled in the dark arts as well. It says here, uh, it, it was strange, therefore, to watch him find his way into the unexpected role of junior partner in a political relationship with a man young enough to be his son. It says, by December 2008, Biden had accepted that Obama, after only uh, four years in federal office, was more qualified for the presidency than he was. Then it goes through and says all, it quotes all these things that Obama has said over the years about Joe Biden and how he just despises the man. But he's a, he's a useful puppet. He was perfect for what they intended to do in 2020. Obama, remember, laughing with the funny man, who's not so funny, saying he'd love to run the country from the basement, you know, with a little earpiece in his ear. He, he got what he wanted. He got what he planned for. And he's still there. And as I said earlier, you have to wonder how much, much of his work at this point in time is devoted to covering his tracks to keep from being exposed. Don't underestimate Joe's ability to mess things up. I clean that up a little bit, but that's what Obama said about him. He will mess things up. Is he, is he messing things up? This year? Is he disrupting the dear leader's plans? The Her report, by the way, this uh, Sam uh, saw this little, little detail in one of the appendixes. The Her report coming out, you know, last week and said that, yeah, Biden's guilty of all these crimes, but, you know, he's an old senile man, so, uh, so we're not going to, you know, press any charges here. He would uh, win too much sympathy uh, for a jury. And uh, evidently he can go right on serving as the president of the United States. The commander in chief in that buried in that her report, it's on page 376. You can go and look at it on your own. But some of the documents that the FBI went and got from, remember all those properties at Biden's house in Delaware that was the Penn Center. There was the, the lawyer up in Boston somewhere. And among those documents was one of Biden's journals. This is just what he wrote his remarks on from the time that he was, I guess in the case of uh, January 2017, he was just finishing his second term as vice president for the dear leader. And one of those journal entries, it's the, it's the June 10th, 2015 notebook. That's evidently when the notebook or the journal started. But then there's an entry from January 5th, 2017. And here again, there aren't too many sources out there. There aren't too many investigative... There you can see it, the little appendix. I think it's, it's B5. Uh, and it's, as I say, on the PDF, it's page, it's page 376. But the January 5th, 2017 entry... It's two pages, and the entry topic, according to her, it's a sensitive topic, and it's, it's marked top secret. Now, if you know anything about January 5th, then you're probably either a reader of Sundance or you've read America Under Attack. That's when Obama, that's when the dear leader, together with Brennan and all those people, plotted 
to take down Donald Trump. Now, the, the, the two-page entry is not printed in the report. I guess it's still top secret. The thing that's interesting about it, though, is that the entry was from when they were all plotting you know, and if you look at Peter Strzok's notes, he's the one that said it was Joe Biden who came up with the idea to use the Logan Act to take down General Mike Flynn. So all that's happening on January 5th. And then, then Joe Biden, evidently, he's writing down some notes about whatever transpired. It doesn't say specifically that it was at that meeting with all of the dear leaders henchmen. But it does say January 5. Wouldn't it be interesting? Maybe this is part of the black, the black binder. Wouldn't it be interesting if that particular entry sees the light of day at some point? And why was it marked top secret? I mean, it's just given. If you're taking notes, I guess, while you're working in the White House and then you're leaving, it belongs to the government. But there wouldn't have been any, you know, top secret markings on it until after the FBI collected it just last year. And here they are going through all these journal entries and then they get to January 5. And that is top secret information. The world can't see that. Certainly not. That HCS0 classification means that it's about an operation of some kind revolving around or involving a human source. So, you know, you can try to connect, connect the dots. Maybe Chris Steele, the British guy, maybe the Australian source. These people, though, are being exposed. What else? What else did the fake president say? And just given what Obama really thinks about him, never underestimate Joe's ability to mess things up. What if he's messing it up now? What if the, the dear leader is in a difficult bind for whatever reason? We don't know all the details. However this plays out, I mean, God says in 2 Kings 14 that he's going to save Israel by the hand of Jeroboam. And so we know Donald Trump's coming back somehow, some way. But as all these crooks, these criminals, these treasonous agents are being exposed, it's... It's almost laughable, to me anyway, that right in the middle of it, you've got Joe Biden and uh, Obama. Obama doesn't think very highly of him and his ability to, you know, keep things secure, to, to prevent things from being fouled up. There's Joe Biden. Pretty interesting. And it kind of ties in with this Federalist piece today about hers report. I mean, maybe, maybe the little addendum at the end of the report was her leaking some information out there to someone who would be curious about Joe Biden's journal entry from January 5, 2017. I don't think there's too many commentators that are going to take note of it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll certainly keep our eyes on it and look into it further if there is more informa information on it. But just regarding the her report, and how that in some ways, I mean, it does reveal certain things that are important, not least of which you've got a senile man running the country. But together with that, I mean, they, they basically gave the Biden crime family a pass. <laughs> He's exonerated. Grassley and uh, 
Johnson, I believe, this is from the Federalist, Special Counsel Robert Hur missed nine boxes of documents potentially marked classified, according to a pair of top Republican senators. So they're basically calling on the FBI and the DOJ to, to explain, you know, what about these nine boxes that were found in the office of an attorney in Boston? Here again is a case where senators were House Republicans. They've seen some of the evidence of all these crimes, of all this wrongdoing. And it's, it's all that they can do to just come together on any given subject. They're certainly not as unified as the Democrats. I mean, they, the Democrats are, they are, one thing you can count on with them, they are unified in their corruption. They are unified on the fundamental transformation of the United States. They are unified in wild spending of trillions and trillions of dollars, and much of it abroad. Send it overseas. It says here, over the course of our multi-year oversight work, we obtained information from NARA relating to its involvement, knowledge, and role with respect to the existence of classified and unclassified documents at multiple locations from Joe Biden's vice presidency. As part of our inquiry, we publicly revealed last year that NARA had retrieved nine boxes of Biden records from the Boston office of Patrick Moore, one of Biden's personal counsels. Oddly, special counsel Hur's report did not mention NARA's retrieval of the nine boxes, and they're wondering why. Why wouldn't you get your, the reports, what, 400 pages? Why nothing on the other boxes? <laughs> Even as they try to put Donald Trump in prison over the, you know, the presidential napkins and things that he took with him to Mar-a-Lago. In fact, they went down there and raided Mar-a-Lago to try to cover their tracks. It's just an added bonus that they can also indict him. What was it? Some 30-some counts for moving a box here and there? Documents that he was entitled to retain because he was a former president. And here the, the classified documents case against Biden. Never mind her exon exonerating him last week, but it's a story anyway that just won't go away. God's going to see to it that these people who are attacking the United States from within are exposed, fully exposed, under the light of day, as I said earlier. When we come back, we, we do have a fair bit more we want to try to plow through on this fastest moving hour in broadcasting. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. One third of your Bible is prophecy, and 90% of it is for our time today. This is why when you study Bible prophecy, you often read statements like, in that day, in the last days, and at the time of the end. Biblical prophecy is what makes the Bible so relevant to today, so essential to understanding our modern world. Most people, even in the world of religion, assume that nations like Britain, America, Germany, Russia and China are not mentioned in Bible prophecy. But if prophecy is mainly for our time today, how could the Bible ignore some of the most powerful and prominent nations of today? The key to understanding prophecy is knowing the biblical identities of modern nations. 
Learn about these identities in Herbert W. Armstrong's book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. In this book, you will learn about the astonishing identity of the American and British people in biblical prophecies. Request your free copy today. The United States and Britain in Prophecy. Donald Trump has turned the Democratic Party into the Kansas City Chiefs of special elections. Just it, it's always there's always a reaction. And there was again last night. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The really, Republicans should have won again. Exactly. In a district that Donald Trump just won uh, in 2020, a district that George Santos took in 2022. And now it goes back to the Democrats. Joe, I think I misspoke. I said Trump won in 2020. I meant Joe Biden won by eight points in mm -hmm. 2020. Then it flips to Santos, a Republican, by eight points right. in 2022. And now this is looking like another eight-point win or so for the Democrat Tom Suozzi. Republicans lose again. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. Last night. And they aren't just losing because the stars are aligned against them. They're losing because of one self-inflicted Trump wound after another. This is just the latest chapter and verse of that, Willie. If any of that was true, they wouldn't be trying to put him in prison. They wouldn't be trying to put him behind bars. If he's a perpetual loser, if it's, if it's his policies that are so unpopular with the American voter, well then put him out there. Cheer him on. Cheer him on. Let him run. But no, they, they, they can't do that. They've got to take him off the ballot in Colorado or any, any place where there's radical, treasonous communists in place. And there's, uh, there's quite a few of them in place, in Long Island even, in New York City. The Democrat machine. It's a lot like some of those swing state cities. Atlanta, Philadelphia, he, he's a loser. We haven't heard that before. He, every year he's losing, he's losing, he's losing. And the real story coming out of that, that seat that Santos left vacated, actually it was the Republicans because they booted Santos out. So they, they select a Republican who hates Donald Trump, not a MAGA candidate, Someone who doesn't like Donald Trump. And then, of course, you've got the Democrat who's willing to say, even be tough on the border and, and doesn't want to campaign with Joe Biden. Why? Why? I mean, if Trump's such a loser and Biden won the most votes in the history of the United States, why wouldn't the good Democrat in New York City campaign with Joe Biden? Because he knows what every other Democrat knows in their heart of hearts, that he's a disaster that nobody likes him, that nobody wants him, that 80% of the country believe he's too old and even senile to run the country. So there's your story. The other story about New York is the mail-in ballots. That now is entrenched in certain regions, including in New York City. And so you add to that the big, the big snowstorm last night that prevented the same-day voters from coming in, so many of them. But more than that, the, the ballot harvesting, 
ensures that the Democrat wins going away. So that's the truth coming out of New York, that Santos seat last night. That's something you would think more Republicans would wake up to. Hang on a second. If we don't, if we don't start cleaning up some of these, <laughs> these election rolls, if we don't start eliminating the mass mail-in balloting, we're never going to come to power again. I mentioned last week on the program just how skilled the dear leader is in the dark arts or dark sentences, as it's referred to in Daniel 8. It says in verse 24, And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully or mightily, and shall prosper, practice, and shall destroy the mighty and holy people. In uh, 2 Kings 14, it, it talks about blotting out even the name of Israel. The, le- the devil loves to destroy. He's the author of an abomination of desolation. He just loves blotting it out entirely. In the case of Israel, even the name, verse 25, it says, And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. It says here, By his policy he'll cause craft to prosper, He'll uh, magnify himself. He understands dark sentences. It says here in the book of Daniel. I meant to get to this story the other day. I might have actually alluded to it. The American thinker. It it says here, one of the things the Obama-Biden administration is known for uh, was its use of psychological tricks to get Americans to do what government officials wanted Americans to do. Some describe this method as a government nudge, while others describe it as manipulation or coercion. This is from the American thinker. I can't see the date on that. It's from 2024, so it's, it's recent. It's talking about when Obama was actually in the White House. He's having a three-peat at the moment, according to the Washington Examiner. But going back to when these two were running the show, It says Politico, and this refers to a Politico story from 2015, so this is right at the tail end of the Obama years. Politico described it as the government using psychology on citizens as a way for policymakers to change people's behavior. So Obama really loved uh, to just kind of manipulate narratives. Well, even Ben Rhodes admitted as much, right? It's the storyline, and we know that the reporters are too stupid. That's what Ben Rhodes said about reporters. They're too stupid to even dig in and to figure out the facts. It says here, for the past year, the Obama administration has been running an experiment. Is it possible to make policy more effective by using psychology on citizens? The nickname is nudging. The idea that policymakers can change people's behavior just by presenting choices or information differently. What did Obama say in Stanford two years ago? We, we played you the clip. You know, we've got to be defenders of truth, not absolute truth or fixed truth, but, you know, things that you just know, things that you know are more true than maybe previous truths or past truths or, or absolute truths. 
says nudging has gained a lot of high-profile advocates, including behavioral law guru Cass Sunstein. Uh, President Obama was intrigued enough that he actually hired Sunstein, a law professor at Harvard who co-wrote the best-known book about the topic, Nudge. How can we nudge the masses of people in a direction that we want them to go? Sounds, it, it almost sounds undemocratic, doesn't it? It, it almost makes you wonder, well, who do these people think is in charge of the country? Is it the people? Is it the American electorate, the, the, the democracy that they talk about? Or do they think they know better than the American voter? It says here, thus, government nudges are likely manipulation, coercion, and or trickery. This is now the American thinker piece. But just listen to this last bit. The Obama-Biden administration started a nudge unit to use psychology on citizens in America and get Americans to act in a predictable way. The nudge unit was in the Office of Science and Technology Policy, a potentially significant fact in and of itself. It says the Trump administration then eliminated the nudge unit. So Trump comes in in 2017. He looks at this and says, get rid of this. What is this? It says here, then the Biden-Harris administration recommissioned the U.S. government's nudge unit. See, we've got, we've got to be able to disseminate propaganda, the narrative. And we need, I mean, we need teams of people on this. We need them massaging the facts, manipulating this or that, and make sure that the message gets through. They'll just know it's more true because we say it over and over and over again. Think about just things you hear on a daily basis from the regime media. We know the media, the legacy media, they're, they're just a natural extension of the regime, of the dear leader's government. And so every day we hear, oh, the economy is just booming. It's just booming, booming, booming. And then in, sometimes in the very same broadcast, you get a little bit of truth. It's inescapable. <laughs> how, is, how is such and such company or this company over here just laying off you know, hundreds or thousands of people if the economy is just booming on the one hand? You see the contrast in this montage that we've put together, clip nine. The first jobs report, jobs, job, jobs of 24 is out and it is whopper 353,000. 353,000. And this is a report filled with strength. The administration boasting about the report, saying this is Bidenomics. The last time the economy created more than 353,000 jobs was a year ago, January 2023. You can see the trends, though, in this report. For example, government hiring, again, one of the top four sectors of job growth. Over the past three months, government has hired an average of 40,300 people per month. Now, career firm Challenger Gray and Christmas found planned layoffs jumped 136% from December, and January marked the lowest planned hiring for companies since 2009 when the measure began. We've seen layoff announcements from a number of different companies, uh, Amazon, Google, Macy's, BlackRock, and more. Is 2024 going to start this wave of layoffs? A very difficult day ahead for people who work at JPL. Hundreds of employees are about to find out that they've been laid off. Though some 530 JPL employees will be let go. The UPS announced 
Tuesday, it will lay off 12,000 employees. That's about 2% of its workforce. UPS joins several high-profile companies that have recently announced layoffs. Among them, Xerox, Wayfair, and Amazon. You've got uh, the economy, the market doing exceedingly well. Companies are uh, doing well themselves. So people are wondering why, if the company is profitable and making money and reporting high earnings, are they laying people off? You know, when it impacts people, it's hard, particularly for a company like Google, which over the past 25 years hasn't gone through a moment like this. Just ask the 3,000 people being laid off at Estee Lauder. Cutting as much as 3,000 positions we talk about, we continue to see job cuts. Or the 32,000 tech employees let go already this year. Or the 12,000 people in management at UPS who are about to be shown the door. Not even those in the relatively new departments devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion are immune, as we heard this week that Zoom is shuttering the entire operation and outsourcing it. Well, the amazing thing is, when you look at it, it becomes rather weird. The number of jobs were declined in the household survey, which is very good on small businesses, went down almost 700,000. The number of people in the workforce went down by almost 700,000. So you have to ask, when you look at these numbers month to month, what is going on? Do they have a problem with seasonal adjustments or something else? Because to have a, a the saying, we created 200 plus thousand jobs, but have a decline of 700,000 in the actual household survey, something doesn't give. And has been pointed out by many analysts is that uh, this jobs report shows a disproportionate number of government jobs, healthcare jobs, which comes from the government. So it's not a very strong one when you go in the innards of the thing and a lot of weirdness working there. A lot of weirdness, I should say. The government, think about those jobs reports. Those are put out by your federal government. They're put out by Joe Obama and they are there to tell you it's never been better. I mean, we, there are just jobs all over the place. And then you look at the actual numbers coming from actual companies, coming from where people actually work and have jobs. And they're just laying off thousands, tens of thousands of people. So you know we're being lied to. McCarthy's statement about Obama, he says, no administration in American history was more practiced in the dark arts of politicizing intelligence than President Obama's. I mean, it's not just intelligence that they politicize. They politicize everything. They've got the nudge department to make sure they carefully craft the propaganda just so, to try to nudge the public in their direction. They are practiced in these dark arts. They are practiced in these dark sentences. They know how to manipulate the facts. They know how to distort the truth. They know how to lie and steal and cheat and then cover it up. We've been seeing it go on for years and years and years. This next one, it's similar, this montage, but what's so funny about it is it's the same regime the regime media in this case, telling you that the economy's fantastic. <laughs> They're also announcing their own massive cuts. We just got a story yesterday about CBS. They cut nine, CBS cut 900 or 800 employees just yesterday. Listen to clip eight. 
The jobs report on Friday was blockbuster, yeah. roaring economy yeah. right now. The economy, by every metric, is doing well. That the American economy is surging. Say this economy is strong. This is the best recovery in the world. This is a strong economy. That's the economy continues to roar, but the economy is booming. We are like the miracle economy of all economies, right? Our- that President Biden's economic plan is delivering results that more Americans are feeling. The Biden economy has been strong. And anyone who says the economy is in bad shape right now is uninformed or they're gaslighting you. LA Times announcing massive layoffs today, cutting the jobs of at least 115 employees. It's the largest workforce reduction in the paper's 142-year history. The paper is losing 30 to $40 million a year. 20% of the Los Angeles Times newsroom gone in one fell swoop Tuesday. BCE, the parent company of Bell Media, which owns CTV News, announced massive layoffs, 4,800 jobs. That's right. The layoffs are already piling up this year, and we're just a few weeks into 2024. And the publisher of the iconic Sports Illustrated magazine saying that most of its staff will be let go. The Daily News Union says staff walked off the job because they're fed up with Alden Global Capital's constant cuts and apparent commitment to shrinking the paper. Cuts are going to take place today, Tuesday, and will impact about 800 employees, translating to roughly 3% of that total workforce. The entire journalism industry is basically in a free fall. Today, the Los Angeles Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire D.C. bureau in an election year. This is just the latest in months and months and months of layoffs in the media industry. In fact, tens of thousands of journalists have been laid off in the past year. It's like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people, and oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Hundreds of workers at Condé Nast, the parent company of pretty much every major magazine from GQ to Vogue to The New Yorker to Vanity Fair, are on strike because they're also facing impending layoffs. The Biden economy has been strong, and anyone who says the economy is in bad shape right now is uninformed, or they're gaslighting you. Who's gaslighting? The, the economy certainly isn't booming for the journalism industry. It's perfect. It's just perfect, isn't it? <laughs> we, I wish I could go on, but we are out of time. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>